charge that. And we don't give our episodes numbers anymore. Well, we do, but they're not that important. Um, <laughs> Where are they ever? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to open with apparently um, someone heard some of the Irish players on the pitch talking after the Georgia game. Uh, two of them were walking down uh, out of the, uh, off the pitch mm-hmm. and Eviva, and one of them says to the other, um, comrade, uh, have we reached the lowest point of Andy Farrell's reign as Ireland manager? And, oh no, the other replies. I think I think things are going to get a lot worse. <laughs> okay. It makes more sense when it's about communism. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I just say how utterly disrespectful it is for you to introduce this podcast with a joke when we have a new person on the podcast. Oh yeah, James is here now. Yeah, how how does it feel that that crappy joke overshadowed your presence? 40th president of the United States, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 quite enjoy, I quite enjoyed that joke. Nice to open up like an air of positivity to my, uh, my, my reign. It can, only get, it, can, it can only get worse. So now there's four of us. There's me, Dave, Neil, and James. And I'm Rob. We've had this... <laughs> We've had this discussion before where I say, it's me, Rob. And then you guys would say, that sounds like there's two people. Uh, <laughs> You're bulking so. up the numbers. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Georgia game. Um, who wants, yeah, who <laughs> God awful. Really, really end of rain stuff. I've said it multiple times, but it feels like kidneys last uh, mm. last weeks when the tanks what, are rolling what, in. What about it was, is comparable? Like what did uh Well first of all, like like as much as I blame the coaching staff, I will, like the players themselves aren't doing themselves any favors. Mm. There's a lot of like bluntness, a lot of teams we're playing down to teams levels. Mm. Um a lot of players in there, well not maybe so much anymore, but probably definitely past their prime. Um lack of direction is the main main issue and lack of um Cutting edge, lack of clini- clinical nature, which is the opposite of what we were well, in our best. But according to Connor Murray, everything's great in camp. Having Every, a great camp. This, is, this is a great thing to bring up. <laughs> Everyone says this that oh, it's it's the best camp I've ever been in. We're having fun. It's it's nice to go into a Monday session and not being afraid. Bullshit! Bring back the fear. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Jones's camps are horrible. Yep. I heard someone make that. I think it was Shane Horgan making that point about uh, it was the England game that Johnny May try and and James Go not tracking back, and he was you know like if that was under Joe Schmidt, you know James Go would have a very uncomfortable Monday morning. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't feel like that's the case anymore. Um, yeah, they they all, they all seem to be, like, obviously they're not happy with the performances, but yeah, comments like that wouldn't make you com- like confident that something's going to going to change mm. in the immediate future. I get. I guess it's uh, it's kind of bad as well. For a player who's come in on a second cap, not to get a bollocking, you know, if it was an established guy, not tracking back, effectively, you might say, okay, well, he's he's been a good servant to the Irish national team. He's put in fifty caps. He's got his tries or whatever. But in James Lowe's case, like he's he's the blowiest of the blow-ins in the sense that he's not even Irish. He just he's there on pure talent alone. So I wonder if that comes into how he's going to approach this. Like, he'd, he'd, he'd be... Wouldn't be surprised if he had some sort of, like, uh, 
back of his head thing, think no, thinking he's better than another player. Like you know what I mean? Like these these Irish rugby blokes who are they? I'm James Lowe. <laughs> this, this is not the kind of open. <laughs> Here we are. I, I don't track back, bitches. And then there's Peter O'Mahony breaking his bollocks. <laughs> Old Peter O'Mahony, who's basically a broken man at this point. I don't know. I think Peter O'Mahony just made, made James Lowe look bad there. You know, yeah. have some leadership. Mm. <laughs> you should all look shit. Not tracking back. Um, but yeah, I don't, that was a point, the, the overarching point is that, yeah, I don't know whether... If there's no fear involved, uh, like I don't, know, we're what eight games into to the to the Farrell tenure, and I still have no idea what we're trying to do, just in yeah. general. Mm. But um, yeah. another coach who players said they loved was uh, Matt O'Connor at Leinster. They yeah. uh, said them a good thing. Most of them did. They said, "Oh, it was, it was first of all after Joe Smith again, much more relaxed camp." Um, always positive things to say with him. Really nice guy, but like you need to win games. It's all it's all very good being a nice guy when you're coaching near ten years fifths or whatever. Was mm. if you're if you're international head coach, you have to break some balls. Oh no! Like, and if you're not delivering results, now, if, if you're you can have a nice guy, and I'm doing the quote marks on my fingers, coach. Mm. If you're winning games and you're putting in performances, like it, it doesn't really matter what kind of coach you are, but you have to do the you have to win to validate your coaching style. So, hmm. I wonder if that was part of the problem with England under Lancaster, because there was kind of mm-hmm. a softly, softly vibe around the team at that time. I felt like they'd lost their edge or something, and that was kind of always a hallmark of England's play was mm-hmm. that kind of bullyish arrogance, which I feel like got back a bit since. But yeah, I wonder if that was a similar thing where he was kind of going in there, and he he gives that vibe to me on like. Leinster uh, press conferences or whatever that he wouldn't be a bit much of a ball breaker. Like, oh, no, first of all, I remember reading something recently enough saying that he didn't say or contradict any of the things that came out um, mm. about his tenure, and he regrets doing that, but he's not going to do it now. Um, but like, I, I, I think he's definitely. He'll definitely put the foot down, I think, if players aren't performing, considering how competitive Leinster are yeah. and like how good Leinster are over his tenure. Could also be in a bit of the Rob Shaw effect our captaincy as well. He was similarly, I felt, nice guy-ish. So. Rob Shaw? Yeah. Remember Rob Shaw was captain during Lancaster's time in England, I think. Oh, sorry, Robshaw. I'm thinking of Robbie Henshaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, just going back to the Georgia game, uh, Never. Just look, I'm looking at the team sheet and the front row. Yes, the, ex- the, the experiment of starting a tight head at loose head and a loose head at tight head. Um, how, how do you guys think that went? <laughs> loose well, head tight Well, you know the way Porter was originally... Well, Porter, loose Porter was a, a loose know, head at but, 20s level and we but, changed but, his I know, but then remember I always put up the thing in the group, the WhatsApp, there were there were discussions about switching him back to loose head. Morons. <laughs> I, I <laughs> You're number one tight head now. Like, you need him there. I know, but um, they were apparently discussing it. So so how do you think yeah. that, did that, did that come off? I think it's a person who was a rugby league player trying to think about the front row. True, true. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's the stuff that worries you. Like, they just have no idea what to do. And there's throwing stuff at the wall, hoping it sticks. Mm. Um. There's a lot of that sort of feeling, all right. I think uh, 
that would perhaps be the most worrying part. And I'd, 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 like James said, I'm not seeing how they intend to stamp their style on it or make it theirs. It's kind of just feels like a we'll keep going in this general direction doing these things, but for no specific reason and see how it goes. And mm. uh, when you're like, what was the score in the Georgia match? 23-10. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. That's like borderline embarrassing, I think. Now, with... some, a couple of the scores could have stood another day. Like where they got over the line and were just held up or whatever? Like or a flat pass. pass, a call forward, another time it could have. Yeah. Even so, I think if you're picking that team with that level of experience throughout the team and you put a 23-10 up against Georgia, it's like automatically has to raise questions. And then, I mean, like, if you had to pick the completely experimental side with new caps all over the place or whatever and it was a 23-10, you'd be like, okay, I can, I can, I can justify that result based on yeah. the fact that all these guys have got their shot. They're now aware that they're in the system. They're, they got the taste for it basically so you can understand why they might be nervous or fuck things up but when you have like uh, all the experience running through that he had and then for the score to be what it was just wasn't good enough for me mm-hmm. the, the first half it wasn't that bad yeah. and like mm-hmm. as I said with the tries that were chalked off we could have been further ahead the, the worrying thing was that once they were dealt the blow with Burns going off um, the whole the, the whatever direction they did seem to have just was completely lost. And if the things that they were trying to do weren't coming off, the accuracy just dropped. Um, it feels like, yeah, once, once plan A, that we, we still don't really know what that is. Falters, <laughs> plan B and C are, are not good enough to get past Georgia. Like it was three all in the second half, which is absolutely yeah. bonkers. Um, so, so you blame Ross Byrne then? I, I don't blame him. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure it would have it would have made much of a difference, but and like in fairness, to Ross Byrne, his international rugby to this point has been England and Twickenham twice, and mm. it's not not a great place to figure out what you're about. But yeah, he he's playing so deep, he he doesn't threaten the line at all. He made it so easy for for the England centres to to close down Aki and Farrell that that day, and it was the same it was the same against Georgia. I just don't see. I don't see how he progresses from from the, from here. Yeah. I think yeah, the best really way for him to progress would be if Adam Byrne randomly came into the team as a crossfield <laughs> kick weapon, <laughs> and then he just crossfield kick all the time because, like, oh, while well, he has developed a bit more at Leinster, apart aside from that, like, I feel like back in the day and a little bit laterally, his crossfield kicking is kind of what put a sheen on it, and maybe against England at Twickenham, that's not enough to, you know, put up the big score or get mm. that final last little bit of a result that gets you over the line. And even against Georgia, apparently, it's not enough. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, um, it, it might like, have been enough. Yeah, I think um, as 10, we have to choose. We we have to... There's it's no great choices at the moment. Mm. It's better someone like Billy Burns, who I don't rate as a better out-half Dan mm. Rossburn, but he's good enough running the line that he can give us something. True. Um, and that's that's what we're down to basically at the moment. Um, you know what it felt a bit like in the first half? I don't know if you guys thought this, but like when after the England match, we spoke a bit about how they weren't using kicks over the top or kicks through as an attacking weapon. Mm. And then in the first half against Georgia, it felt like 
they almost overcompensated for that. Now they didn't get it didn't really come off in a negative way, but it felt like someone in the camp or whatever was like, Okay, we should have done this against England. Let's just go out and do this against Georgia and see what happens. It wasn't a case of it was targeted specifically for Georgia. Now it may have been. I don't think it was. I think it was a panicked response in some some criticism that was leveled at them the week before, perhaps. It was like a snap response to a shortcoming of the previous week to show, oh, we can do this. Look, it paid off last week, and now we're going to do it more. And then, obviously, they would have got a bit of success with it, but then after halftime, it just ceased to be the case. It kind of actually ties back into the thing we were talking about at the start with the you know, the, the, the team actually being very positive about the camp and that kind of thing. Stuart mm. McCluskey say there was a lot more input from Harold than there was from Schmidt in terms of like what you need to work on to, you know, get involved in Orange shirts. And one one of the things that McCluskey had said was that he was thought he had to work on his kicking. And then as soon as he got the ball in open space, he was towing one into the corner. And you're like, I don't think we've ever seen Big yeah. Stu stick his toe in it. And yeah, I think there was a degree of like, we should have done this against England. That was maddening. Yeah, we've been saying up to the England game, like the, the one place their space is is between their defense and the fullback because they they rush, and we did yeah. it once, or we did it twice, and we scored at one, um, and we tried a crossfield kick once. Like, yeah, Rothburn has that in his game, and I don't know why we persisted with just running into fucking English defenders. All it was quite bizarre, right? and I think uh, like as uh, in the pre-Georgia match justifications, you inevitably see online. I saw a good bit of people saying, oh, well, there's a bit of an injury crisis. Injury crisis. I kept seeing people mention all the injuries we have. Mm. And then now today, I don't, obviously don't know how biased or trustworthy this is, but someone came out with the Ireland squad depth chart. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. T- they have, would have been named in the squad if not for injury. And there's two names there. So, I mean, <laughs> on the one hand, you have people saying, oh, loads of players are injured or can't be in the team because injury. And then... On the other side, you have this person saying, well, yeah, realistically, Levy and Carberry would be the only two people who would be there. So, Tied for long? Yes, yes. <laughs> that's absolutely right. Yeah. Can you come up with any others? Who would have been in the Georgia team, but for injury? Or, no, just in the squad for the, this Autumn Nations thing. If Conan, it weren't for injury. Who? Conan. Remember him, kids? Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, know if Max Deegan would have been there, in fairness. Conan, probably. I don't think they'd have shored up anything in particular. Yeah, I think the back row is an area where it doesn't particularly matter who could have been there, but Furlong, absolutely, I think, is yeah definitely mm. one that could have been there. But I think it's just a bit of a papering over the cracks for some people. Of They just throw out this injury thing, like, oh, well, the reason we're where we are where we are is injury. Definitely injury. be there. Yeah, we're going to Oh, in fairness, oh, actually, I think these uh, Sexton would have been no, he wouldn't mean there. Um, someone like Joey Carberry, like these guys aren't. I think these guys would all add to the team, especially if you had them all fit. Now, yeah. maybe taping over cracks, but that's no. I think mean... yeah, okay, yeah, but I think they're lo- the injury thing is taking. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's 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 very interesting. Um, I'm just looking at the team sheet here again, and um, 
I see Stockdale at fullback got another run out, and um, I wonder what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like, do you think? Well, obviously, um, he can't defend. Yeah, I think he actually might be afraid of tackling now. <laughs> Whoa, um, it's getting worse and worse in my mind. His uh, performance. I think when you buy a dummy like that, mm. you see it when people don't really want to make that tackle. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that actually. That try um, was um, not great to concede. Well, it was a great try, but yeah, yeah, to concede as you say. I think, uh, but like uh, he's big, Neil. We we can't produce athletes like that in this country. Now, going forward, he did well enough. I won't complain <laughs> that. Mm. Going yeah, forward, I, I have no issues. I saw people talking about saying that he made the right decision for the try and that Burns was tracking across and would have caught the 13. But like, the, the, yeah, the timing of his move just coincides with that dumb year man through. So I'm not, I'm not buying that for a mm. second. He just bought it. And so like, he has to make that tackle. And if you, if, if the 13 gets the pass away, great. Like, well, well done. But like, yeah, he it was a terrible decision making. It. And yeah, I don't know if he's it was Rob, like, it was like Rob Kearney stuff. But see, Rob, Rob Kearney was never afraid of contact. He was yeah, terrible at that. Yeah. <laughs> and the the, the, stock, the whole Stockdale thing is frustrating to me. Mm. Like two years ago, he looked like one of the best finishers in the world. He yeah. like the Grand Scam season, he was unstoppable. He scored crack and try against England this season, and now we're taking him out of a position where he's like where he'll get into those positions to finish tries, and we're trying to make him do. All these other things that he's just not suited for, and I, I don't understand the persistence with it. Like it hasn't worked once. Uh, well, his, his defense on the wing is any better? I know, but you can, <laughs> at least you can like, at least use the touchline there to mm. to help him. He's not caught in the middle of the field. I I, I, still, I think he's worth keeping in the team as a winger just because he can do these one-off, mm. you know, kind of under tries. But like, just putting responsibility on him with skills he doesn't have. Well, you need the ball to get these one-off wonder tries, and I think uh, uh, you might have said, James, about um, the centres being limited yeah, and Ring Rose's right. absence. Do you want to go into that a bit? Yeah, I just... I hope I'm not repeating myself. No, um, no, go ahead. Yeah, he he just offers something that no other centres offer. As I said, the Aki Farrell and um, of course, he at the weekend... We're all similar kind of players. Henshaw obviously has a bit of experience playing 13, and he does have a bit more distribution. But I just think without Ringrose in there, um, we're, we're lacking some sort of cutting edge, the ability to like, yeah, beat a person one on one. Like every other center that I've mentioned is going to run straight into the nearest person, which is fine. You need that to some degree. Um, but yeah, without a foil outside him, um, I, I think we're kind of lacking an adequate replacement for Ringrose when he, when he isn't fit. Big mm. time. So, like, what would be other non-included centres in the country who might? Do we know of anyone that isn't just a crash ball merchant or similarly? McCluskey. Oh, a couple. Uh, Hume is quite. He's more of a thirteen than a twelve, but mm. um, might be too small for international rugby. But he's definitely creative enough to offer that um, ball playing centre. Because even Ringrose isn't isn't a. Isn't a um, a playmaking center. He just does everything really well, and he is more incisive. But he's more of a he's a strike runner, as opposed to like a. You normally see the play the playmakers at twelve more than anything, but he's not someone who's like brings the rest of the back line into into it with a uh, great passing ability. Yeah, but I feel the ball doesn't die with him. If that makes sense, uh, I think the ball dies with our centers too much. Yeah, uh, but that's just a setup as a whole. It's too slow getting to nine to ten. 
And if the ten's not playing flat, or if the centres aren't playing flat, I should say more. I can we this gets slowed up, and someone can just rush on the outside and cut us all off. Doesn't matter. I actually, I actually think that's a broader problem in the team. I think yeah. attacks tend to fizzle out quite easily. It's like there's not enough fight in terms of trying to keep the attack going. Like I think uh, that I was calling Conway on that a couple of weeks back, where it felt feels like the ball just dies with him a lot. And I understand, yeah. like you're playing on the wing, you probably get forced out or whatever. But I think the centers as well. You know, there's there just doesn't seem to be much. Uh, what's the word? Like inventiveness. Yeah. Creativity. Yeah. <laughs> and. <Good. laughs> there's not a there's not a whole lot of uh, like urgency when it comes to it's it's like we back the systems of Joe Smith era to get us what we need to get. So they're like, if we maintain possession, we'll eke our way into a scoring position, and then the consistency that we used to have and we trust that and it's just not really there anymore and when mm. we don't have that and then we don't have the creativity either it's like we're just absolutely struggling to score and it's killing us we're da- like we're more a danger to ourselves with the ball than mm. we are to the opposition like the, the, the more phases we go through you're, we're just approaching the point where a forward runs into uh, an opposition defender and gets turned over by himself like that that does it is the inevitable conclusion to all of our attacks mm. <laughs> and, 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 and it's been like that the entire time i don't understand how we keep getting turned over like the georgia back row killed us absolutely killed us mm. like that's i don't know how to fix that but it, like from from our position perspective it seems simple like you don't go into contact by yourself you set up pods that kind of thing like obviously that's part of the thinking but i just don't know why we keep breaking it down at the yeah, right we're playing a seven yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't help. But that's not. We were playing a seven, in fairness, against Georgia. Um, I, I keep seeing seeing some random bloke on Reddit saying Josh Van der Flyer needs to be in the squad, and I'm like, I, I, his basis that is that he's the best seven in the country. And I've never, I've never watched Josh Van der Flyer and thought that guy's an out now world class seven, or even like, I don't know, maybe I'm too caught up on poaching the ball and not on the defensive side of what a seven does, but Josh van der Fleer has never struck me as like the answer to a seven problem, if you know what I mean. Well, he's uh, a solid back row be, operator, but it could be if it's like um he's constantly getting to rocks and getting the ball out quick. Mm. Um like I'm not I don't think Josh van der Fleer would solve much if he just put him in as opposed to someone else, but um well do you want to use that to pivot onto um the match obviously this week against Scotland? which I was thinking about this during the week. And um, you know the way this is a made-up tournament and there's no world ranking points and there's no crowd and there's no prize money. So in a way, there's not a lot at stake. But in a weird way, this feels like a must-win match. I I, I had this thought today. We've played ourselves into a position where we're in a must-win match against mm. Scotland in a match that doesn't mean anything. And yeah, it's bizarre, but that's what it feels like. Mm. Because we have to put out our strongest team, we have to win this, even though it's for absolutely not. Yeah, which is a, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs in my mind. Um, well, I mean, the chickens have come home to roost. Last week was this opportunity to just go do random shit, and you didn't do a whole lot of random shit. So now it's like panic stations, fucking mm. get a result here, be all and end all, living week to week, sort of opposition to opposition, no broader plan other than. 
firefighting. It feels like a firefighting situation where we can't possibly lose to Scotland. Like the ignominy of losing Scotland, even though Scotland are good in a good position now and are mm. looking a good team. I think like to the average, well, I mean, like it would be a catastrophe. I think if we lost to Scotland tomorrow, and it would be like I think the first nail in the coffin of Andy Farrell. There's probably a nail halfway in there already, but I think <laughs> a loss tomorrow would be uh, one full nail right in there. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, people, yeah, had been clamoring for, you know, Harry Byrne to come in and enter or something like that. And I don't think, one of the criticisms of Farrell, I don't think is that he hasn't given new players a chance. The, mm-hmm. Like the amount of people he's copped, I'm sure far exceeds Schmidt over the same time frame. But it's not when mm-hmm. the players are coming in, they're still playing to the system that no one understands what, 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 the, what the goal of it is. So mm-hmm. a, a new player isn't going to thrive in a team that's not playing well, so I think yeah. well, I, I don't know what there is to be to be gained by just throwing in a bunch of randomers. Closure, yeah, I don't. Um, know. I'm a big fan of seeing randomers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think there's hope for the future. I, I like. I, I know it seems like I'm harping on Earls, but like, I just do not get why this week I kind of do, but I don't feel like he should be there at all, and it just sounds a bit harsh. But like, really, is is he still the best we got? Like, what kind of crappy system have we got for producing wingers? That Earls is still front of, and he's he's played well the last two weeks. Like, don't get me wrong, he has played well, and he hasn't he wasn't exposed against England like I thought he would be. He's mm. he was a solid operator, but I mean, Jesus, there must be someone better out there. Well, no, we've brought in Keenan. He's new. Mm. Stockdale's still young enough. Yeah, mm. he's been fullback. Low came in. Um, yeah, he was injured. He would be. I'm sure he would have started yeah. the other games had he been had he been fit. Yeah. Um. There's a few injuries and in wings. Like, there's no real young wings. Lamore's injured as well. True. Yes. Forgot about him. I, I. I've no issue with Earls being in the squad. Like, there's no. There's no. It's not like someone who's like 21 or something saying, "Oh, I wish we were in." Hmm. Like, well, I know our Ulster brethren are very. Optimistic about Balakun when he's fit again. Oh yeah, but he mm-hmm. tore his hamstring to bits. Yeah, I think he might never be the same. But God, he looked good. Yeah, um, I, I really thought he was. He's a. Uh, Would you say he was athletic? <laughs> yes, he was. That, that is that is one of the uh, one of the words that could be used. All right, but it's impressed me was his defense was really good when he came through first. Mm. Well, re- really good from what I saw. He he's also a winger. He's another graduate of um, the sevens program. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of Hugo Keenan came through the sevens program. Will Connors, well, when I say came through, then they yeah. got a bit of game time in the, with the sevens. So I just like I think everyone should do some time with the sevens because hmm. it seems to seems to help. What about like front rows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want yeah, total rugby. We want like everyone doing everything. Like, march back 10 meters every time <laughs> well look at that offload he threw right on his own line <laughs> good stuff <laughs> so is it like in terms of what Scotland have to play for it's probably they're going to be coming out full full guns blazing as well I would think probably felt yeah. they could have won earlier in the year absolutely and they, they haven't won in Dublin since 2010 in Crow Park Um. They're on a bit of a high. Obviously, they beat the Wales. They beat Wales and Parky Scarlets. I know, I know, but they they actually beat them in Wales, which is unusual for them. Um, they got Duhan van der Merwe 
Jacob van der Waals making his debut. I don't know. Ben I think Taylor, he's back. Yep. Um, good. Yeah, I think they're going to be an absolute handful. And yeah. I, I honestly don't know which way this is going to go. The good thing is, and they're not, they don't have a, a pack with the strengths mm. that England do. So we might be able to uh, beat them up, and that will really help the rest of the team. But mm. um, yeah, they'd be, they'd be looking at this one as a game they can definitely take. Mm. No Hamish Watson, though, which is a loss, I feel. Absolutely. Especially considering we don't have a seven in the starting team. What what do you make of the back row comp- compilation? Um, um, I think he wants Peter Manny in the team for line-out, captaincy reasons. Mm. And he also that, wants is that line-out, comma, captaincy or line-out, captaincy? Comma. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think he, that's what he wants, and that's how he figures out this this line. This this works out. I thought Stander was actually really poor last weekend. Um, probably one of his worst games I've ever seen him for Ireland. Like mm. I can't even beat bundled in the touch three times, and I didn't watch that game very closely after the first half. Mm. He was getting knocked knocked on his arse by box and everything. He wasn't carrying strongly, and like if if he's not. If he's not giving it that, then I don't really know what the point of CJ Sander is. Mm. Now, Reese Ruddock, he should be in that team. <laughs> yep. Like, I y- yes, but. Yeah, <laughs> ironically, yes, he should be in the team. You can look enter and, yeah, Ireland can look after itself. Have you, have you given up on Ireland, James? That sounds like you've given up. <laughs> no, no, I, I haven't, but I, bringing Ruddock in, yeah, it might solve a problem for a game against Scotland, but it's not going to solve a problem going forward into a World Cup cycle and all that kind of thing. We do need, we do need to play young players. Um, mm. But yeah, I, 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 I don't know what, what the best composition of the back row is. Yep, yep. If we even come and, back uh, to Yeah, was, so we'll just wrap up mm-hmm. now. Um, there. We'll just get the uh, lads' final uh, thoughts any, on... Um, jersey. I, don't, I don't care which one. What are you hoping to see tomorrow and what do you think will actually happen? Um Big we start with uh, James. Big if, yeah. James. So far, so good. Yeah. Well, oh, he's and, on, you know, I don't, scratch teams. I don't know what I'm hoping to see. A, a comprehensive win would be nice, but I mm. just don't see it. I expect we'll win by a score, maybe seven points, um, but it's going to be it's going to be tight and it's going to be inaccurate and we'll probably come through just by virtue of our stronger pack, but mm. I don't expect we'll have any more insights into how things are going to go. And yeah, it'll be a win, but it'll still leave me nervous for Six Nations 2021. Um, mm. Anything more than that would be a bonus, but I just don't expect anything other than that. Mm. Neil? I think that um, this will actually tell us something. If we beat them pretty much any which way, I think. You will say, okay, we're better than Wales, we're better than Scotland, Italy. And we're fighting for that second spot probably for the next six nations. Which mm. isn't a bad place to be. I think if if we lose, and depending on the manner of the loss as well, we're that's not a that's not really a, a guarantee then. And then we're looking in, into a situation where nothing's really gonna get better for the next couple of years. Mm. But if we, uh, I think that um, 
I don't, I don't think this is the coaching tickets for long-term success, but I think if we can just stay uh, stay competitive in the Six Nations over the next couple of years, that'll be a decent thing where we can get new players in and then leave with a new coaching staff in whenever and rebuild from there. But I think if we start slipping down in the rankings, it, it can be, especially for the, the finance as well, I'm thinking of, mm. of you finishing like as high as we can in Six Nations. Um, so I, I expect Ireland a couple of points, I think maybe. But I wouldn't be surprised if it turns into a really frustrating match where they score a, a long range try or two, and we're chasing, but we can get winning and we're knocking things on and making mistakes. And mm. we might end up within a score close, but um, I think a couple of points for us. But I wouldn't be surprised if we lost. I wonder if there's any relationship between how easy things are in the Pro 14 at the minute for the Irish provinces mm. and the seeming downward trend of the Irish team. No. I think why, the Irish, why, why do you think no? I think the Irish provinces have better coaching staff than the, t- the national team. Okay. But let's, let's, let's look at it from a pressure perspective, all right? You, you're playing in the Interpros. You're winning every week. It's just a general carefree, laissez-faire attitude of creativity and young lads and do whatever you want and we'll win anyway. And then you make the step up to international level where pressure's ramped up to levels you've perhaps never experienced and there's a lot of interest and expectations and history and you got to win pride, national pride. And that's there's just no equivalent to that being felt in the last while at the provincial level maybe. You're not seeing a link, a little bit of a, a little bit of a link, because Scotland and Wales exist, and they aren't good, and they are not, and their provincial teams are bad. They yeah. aren't good. Okay, no. okay, you're, you're you're sticking I, with that tack. All right. I think the core, I think the core of the Ireland squad that that is played in this competition is so far removed from the guys that are playing for Leinster currently that like, you know, I've got gear, like Keenan's and stuff have come up in the road of your recent past, but I kind of separate the two. The, the frustrating thing is. Watching our like the Irish internationals be gods at club level until we get to European competition, mm. but and and then being being crap for Ireland and that's yeah it, it's coaching that that's absolutely true. We have four better coaches on the country in the country than we do have uh, the person actually managing the national team, and uh, yeah, that's hard to take. Just but, uh, I don't know if um if we lost out on this or whatever, but. Rob, you were saying uh, about Herring being starting ahead of Kelleher. Yeah. I think, um, and we spoke a bit about this before, and I think it might be not only on line-out duty, but also the leadership thing, the yeah. void of leadership throughout the squad. I wonder if um, he's there just as some sort of leadership ballast. Remember yeah. we were talking about how Sexton bears too much of the captaincy role responsibility or whatever so yeah I think Herring is possibly there sure in that up as well as the line-out consistency but um, as far as what I want to see tomorrow uh, well I don't want to be frustrated so I hope hope to God we ha- we limit our errors and keep them down um, I want to see consistency, I want to see attacks being kept alive because that is starting to annoy me now where it feels like a lot of our attacks are just not coming to anything or dying or 
there's a lack of cutting edge in the tw- opposition 22. I want to see when we get into the 22, I want to leave with scores, even if it's fucking penalty. So be it. You, it Scotland's a level up now again from Georgia. So if you're not if you're not being a bit more clinical and a bit more sensible in a match that based on the selection he said I clearly want to win and based on what we've said we we would believe he clearly absolutely needs to win I think uh, yeah I want to see like smart game plan where points are taken when they're needed Um, as far as who will win uh, I think my I pick Scotland by a few points but there's not going to be a whole lot in it whoever wins I don't think mm. unless barring some freak Freak van der Meer performance where he just runs by everyone and makes it mockery of our backline. But uh, no, I I feel like maybe I'm just on a negative downer, but I think Scotland will have the edge tomorrow. Yep. Um, for me, um, obviously I'd like to see a comp- a comprehensive Irish performance where we have huge elements of control 